Welcome to the Free Flow Football Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Free Flow Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mahith Gamaj. This week, I am not joined by Nick Delaney as usual. Uh, I'm taking a bit of a different route. Uh, we did a Europa League final preview with Mayank Basin and Sarthak Mondal earlier this week. I'm trying to get more guests from wherever on the show rather than uh, just the same old, same old every time. But uh, yeah, today I'm joined by Ori Benatar of Total Score. Ori, how are you, man? I am very, very good, Mahith. It's uh, it's good to be on the pod. Uh, know a lot about your blog and had our days back at top flight, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited to talk a little Champions League, man. Yeah. So Ori runs uh, Total Sports Score on Instagram. That's at Total Sports Score. Uh, you can follow him at obenatar512 on Twitter, of course, always talking about American sports, soccer, everything. Uh, you follow basically every sport, but today we're going to be talking specifically about the Champions League because you are a supporter of Liverpool, aren't you? Oh, yeah, big one. So my dad and my brother are Manchester United fans, but Michael Owen is my all-time favorite player because I tried to emulate his game when I played as a tiny, short, fast striker. <laughs> and uh, ever since, I, I've, I've been a Liverpool fan. I've, I've always loved the club and hoping to see them uh, win a trophy because I remember in 2005, back when Champions League finals were on a Wednesday afternoon here in the States, I was stuck at school, and I wasn't able to see the miracle of Istanbul live, so at least I get to sit down on a Saturday afternoon and, and watch this final. Yeah, and, and Liverpool are favorites for the final as well, so it's a bit different from last year. Of course, they lost to Real Madrid last year in the final because of Loris Karius kind of screwing up. Um, not really his fault in the end. It turns out that he had a concussion, so it's very hard to blame him now. But, you know, at the end of the day, they lost the game last year, but they weren't favorites. But this year, the roles are kind of reversed. I mean, Liverpool are heading into this final as favorites, perhaps not as big favorites as Real Madrid were last year, but still favorites. But they're playing against a team they know very, very well in Tottenham Hotspur. What do you think about, you know, what what kind of challenge does Spurs face? And, and are, are Liverpool, you know, as, as big favorites as, as I'm thinking, or do you think it's more even? I think it'll be pretty even just because these teams have had a lot more rest before this final because, you know, the game is not until the first day of June. They're getting a lot of weeks off because neither team had to play in the FA Cup final. Neither team, you know, was in the Europa League, obviously. So they've had a lot of time to rest. But I I think the biggest question when it comes to the final is whether or not we we will see Harry Kane start for Tottenham and whether that will create maybe a little bit of a, a chemistry issue when we get to the final because we've seen Tottenham succeed without him in Champions League games previously with Son and Lucas and uh, Ali and Eriksen. But I don't think Liverpool are as big favorites as some people are saying just because they are playing a team that knows them, you know, intimately. These two teams play twice a year every year, even though Liverpool won both uh, league encounters uh, this past year. But uh, I still think Liverpool is the favorite just because you know, they might have not won the Premier League, but guess what? They had 97 points. That would have won the league every other every other year it's existed, except for the two City has won these past two years. <laughs> so, you know, 
that would that would be something if Liverpool finished the Premier League season with 97 points, came in second, and then lost the Champions League final to Tottenham, who needed a last-second goal from Lucas Moura to axe Ajax and needed away goals to beat Manchester City too. But Liverpool's the favorite, but not by a considerable margin. I, I think Tottenham is in it is in it to win it for sure. They're not out of this game. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And going back to Lucas Moura's last-minute goal, I mean... In the semifinals, after the first leg of both games, it was looking like the final would be Barcelona versus Ajax. That was what it was looking like. And, you know, even halfway through the, the second legs, it was still looking kind of like that. But Liverpool produced a great comeback, as did Spurs, who kind of squandered. Um, but both teams were down 3 nothing at, at one point in the semifinals, and both kind of turned it around. Spurs ended up winning on away goals, whereas Liverpool ended up winning outright 4-3 with four goals at Anfield in the second leg. What can you say about about that 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 tie against Barcelona and the comeback that you saw? Oh my God! I mean, that was just unbelievable, and the circumstances of it were just so unexpected. Because you go to Camp Nou, you get creamed by Barca. I mean, Barca could have won that game six nothing with the amount of chances that they had in stoppage time when Liverpool was literally sending almost eleven men up the pitch just to get that one away goal to make life easier at Anfield for the second leg. Dembele had missed, like, I think, two sitters in that mm-hmm. stoppage time. Yeah. And Barcelona should have won that game 5 or 6 nothing. But for Liverpool to go without Firmino, without Salah, with Origi and Wijnaldum, and win 4 nothing in, for me, a more impressive feat than the miracle at Istanbul, because mm-hmm. you're beating Messi... You're beating a Barcelona team that is good, but it's not one of the better Barcelona teams we've seen at all. You know, they didn't even win yeah. the Copa del Rey. They just won La Liga. But still, this is a Barcelona team that had a 3 nothing lead going into the second leg of a Champions League semifinal. You don't blow leads like that in the knockout stage in a two-legged affair. And Liverpool did it without arguably two of their best strikers. Sadio Mane, I would probably say, is slightly better goal scorer than Firmino, at least for this season. But, I mean, it was an unbelievable... Unbelievable match, and kudos, though, to the corner from Trent Alexander-Arnold to set Mm. up the fourth goal. That was one of the most heads-up plays I have ever seen in a Champions League match, and it came from someone who isn't even 21, which is why Trent Alexander-Arnold has the potential, in my opinion, to be the best right-back in the world at one point or another. But those two semifinals pretty much summed up this, this was the greatest Champions League knockout stage we have ever seen and i'll do a little shameless plug here over at total sports score i'm counting down the top 10 champions league moments i believe we're up to around the top three now you can guess what the top two are those two semi-final comebacks we'll never see anything like that ever again in the same tournament yeah you're totally right so like the thing is with um with spurs is you know as you mentioned earlier harry kane was out for for theirs as well as you know Salah and Firmino out for yours, but when Kane has been out, Spurs have been playing better than when he's in the team. Perhaps that's coincidence. You know, obviously Harry Kane's a world-class striker, and um, he brings a lot more as a center forward than the likes of Moura or Sandu. But, I mean, when when he was injured, I think it was in about March, they played. They won like four or five games without him. It was Son and Llorente who stepped up. Then he came back, and then they slipped up. And they lost a ton of games. And they nearly squandered top four. And then he comes, or then he gets injured again. And then they beat Ajax in this crazy comeback. 
but now they have him back for the Champions League final. Do you think maybe he's like a curse or something, or, or is this just a coincidence? I don't know if it's a curse, but I mean, when you have Harry Kane in the team, or or not, it, I mean, he's one of those players where you're you have to adapt your play style to him. You know, it's thinking like maybe you know, like LeBron James on the Lakers. You have to adapt your, the way you play basketball around him. Same thing with Harry Kane. You have to adapt your attacking strategy based on if he's on or off the pitch because Harry Kane is one of those forwards that if he is near the six-yard box or the 18-yard box and he's got the ball, he'll get one or two touches, he'll find that space, he's finishing it. But you look at someone like Sun Young Min, who we have seen play in that striker central uh, attacking role for many occurrences over the season, even Lucas Mora. You know, they have the speed advantage over Kane, and they have the ability to run past defenders and, I think, create more chances. That's where I think they have an advantage over Harry Kane. And against a team like Liverpool, Virgil van Dijk is going to be marking Harry Kane for most of the final, if Harry Kane does start and play, which I'm assuming he would. And Virgil van Dijk has been unquestionably the best defender in European football over the course of this season, in, in my eyes. No doubt about it. And I think Van Dyke would have a harder time against Son or Lucas because they're going to be moving around a lot and trying to create runs and try and get by him with, with the speed. And if you want to get by Liverpool's defense, you've got to go through the center because Robertson and Alexander-Arnold have proved that they are a tremendous pair in the wing-back positions, and they can outrun most of the best attackers in England especially and in Europe. So they got to go centrally. And I think it'll be harder if they had Kane. But if you give Kane an inch of space... He'll finish you, he'll get it past Allison, and Tottenham will score. But Liverpool defensively is a team that tends to not give those inches of space to players, and they'll con- they'll contain Kane, they'll get guys around him. So I don't know if he's a curse. It just kind of depends on how Liverpool center backs play. It depends if you know you got if you have, you know, Matip in there with uh with Van Dyke. I mean, I'm not sure who that second center back is gonna be. We'll wait to see what Klopp decides on Saturday, mm-hmm. but Kane, Kane offers a better chance for Tottenham to win if he gains that space. But I think in general, looking at the way Liverpool plays and looking at the way Van Dijk is a, as a defender, I think maybe playing Son in the center might actually be more advantageous to them and maybe bringing Kane on as a super sub. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting point because I think that's that's what a lot of people have, have thought in their heads. But nobody's really saying that you know Spurs are better off without Harry Kane because at this point that's a ridiculous thing to say technically even though the results are there for us to see that maybe they are better off um with him not in the team at, at least for over the past couple of months but yeah it's an inter- interesting thing to say and pochettino does have a tough decision to make because it's not like harry kane is in peak fitness he is coming back from an injury and that's his second big injury of the season so it's not like he's in tip-top shape uh so it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see how spurs go because pochettino is one of those you know, flexible managers tactically. Um, we've seen him line up in different formations and uh, different players in different positions, and all you know, most of them have been successful because he is a very versatile manager. So it's interesting uh, to see what he he finally decides on for this one massive game. That's the biggest game by far in Spurs history. Yeah, definitely, and uh, that decision could make or break Tottenham winning this this final. And let's face it. I don't know if Tottenham is ever going to get back here. They had a lot of great, uh, well, not so much luck, but they just had a lot of things fall into their lap going into it. They crushed Dortmund. They got out of a very tough group. Remember, Tottenham only had one point after the first three games in their group. Mm -hmm. They lost to Inter. They lost to Barcelona. They rescued a point against PSV. 
Then they rallied off seven in their last three matches in their rematches. They finished second ahead of Inter on goal difference. And then they go out, beat Dortmund. The fact that they beat City, that huge away goal from Lorente really was the difference. And I think I mentioned on my last pod that it was Sun's goal, but I remember that was at home. So uh, I want to just correct myself on that error. But goodness me, just a massive, massive win over Manchester City. Because honestly, if Tottenham don't beat City... I think City's in this final, and and they would win the quadruple. Yeah, whatever. that would that it, would be. It would have been it would have been a quintuple because they won all four <laughs> English trophies, yeah. and they would have won the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, that's um. Yeah, I think Man City were really devastated with that loss, and uh, I mean, you saw kind of with how emotional Pochettino was after beating Man City and beating Ajax that you know this means a lot to him, and he's somebody who's been criticized a lot of the last couple of years. Everybody knows he's a good manager, but people have been saying, you know, oh, he's never won trophies. He he isn't leading this team anywhere. They're kind of, they're failing to to kind of jump the hurdle. You know, they've been stuck in the same spot, kind of challenging for the Premier League, but not really over the last three years. Um, but now, you know, this team has gotten over the hump. They did struggle again in the Premier League a little bit, barely finishing in fourth. But to get to a Champions League final is a massive, massive achievement, especially in a season. Well, they faced so much adversity, you know, having to play at Wembley, not knowing when their stadium would be done, um, not spending a single cent last summer in the transfer market, which is something that we never, ever see, ever, in, in football, from especially from a top club. And, um, you know, d- would you consider Mauricio Pochettino one of the best managers in the world? Absolutely. I mean, what he has done with Tottenham is a monumental achievement. This is a club that is notorious for never being able to make finals and never being able to win trophies. And to have this team play against some of the best teams in Europe, compared to Liverpool, Tottenham's road to the final was much, much harder than Liverpool. Sure, Liverpool had to play PSG, they had to play Bayern, they had to play Barca, but Tottenham was in probably the group of death of the tournament. They had to play Barca twice, they had to play Inter twice. PSV is not no slouch compared to those three teams. They're much worse, but... Dorman, Man City, and Ajax, for him to get by those three teams and make a final, monumental achievement. And it's no wonder why Pochettino was being tipped as, you know, maybe the next manager of Madrid or being the next guy for Manchester United. But if he's able to get a Champions League trophy with Tottenham, I think pe- I think people need to consider him maybe a top uh, three manager on the planet. Because now Mourinho's not with any team, and obviously Jose Mourinho has ruined so many teams in his, you know, the horrible third years before and Pochettino just seems to have created such a positive environment with Tottenham and if Tottenham decide to buy players actually over this upcoming summer transfer window even if they do lose this Champions League final this team could win the could win the Premier League at, at one point or another obviously Man City has the depth and the money to win Premier League after Premier League and become the new Sir Alex United but Man City is not going to keep Pep on board if they don't win a Champions League whereas for Tottenham even if Tottenham don't win Champions Leagues, but they're continuing to improve, they're going to keep Pochettino. And I think Tottenham is on the road to getting that trophy. If it doesn't happen on Saturday in the final, it's going to happen eventually. Next season, you could tip Tottenham to potentially win a league trophy or even as a top favorite to win the Premier League. I think that's how good this team can be. And if they add to their roster, they're going to be even better. The, the, the issue with Spurs over the last couple of years has been depth. Um, they found a lot of it this year with guys like Sissoko and Harry Wings stepping up to the plate. But still, they could use a little bit more because guys like Davidson Sanchez has struggled. Um, Serge Aurier and Kieran Trippier, neither of those guys has really stood up. They do still have some weak positions that they can certainly um, strengthen. 
And the thing is, with them making a Champions League final, they're going to have a lot of money coming in. And while they do have to pay off a stadium, it's still going to be, you know, put towards the transfers. They've been linked with a lot of great deals with, like, guys like Lo Celso and uh, Undombele being linked with the club in the recent weeks. You know, those are top-end players that, that clubs that are serious about winning are going to are gonna be interested in. Spurs clearly are taking that next step now to being a top, top European team, which they've struggled to become. You know, that's what their goal has been for decades and decades, and they've struggled to do it. But now Pochettino has come in, and he's done really, really well to sort of get this team over the hump. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that Tottenham really need in terms of depth is going to be having a reliable secondary striker for Harry Kane. Fernando Llorente has been... He's had, he scored some huge goals for Tottenham in the past, but, you know, he's 34. He's towards the end of his career. I mean, he's only scored two goals for Tottenham in his senior career, and one of them was one of the biggest goals in club history. But they need a reliable young person up on top there. And with the way that English football is improving in terms of their youth, they could get a young English striker, maybe looking at the likes of, I don't know, Jaden Sancho, for example. I think he could be a huge asset to add for Tottenham, but who knows if he wants to leave Dortmund, who are stacking up on young attacking talent to try and oust Bayern in the Bundesliga. So that, for me, is the key area for Tottenham to improve on, is they need someone behind Harry Kane that is a reliable central forward so that they don't have to be moving around Son and moving around, you know... Um, other attacking players. You know, they had Vincent Jansen, they added him, but, you know, he, he doesn't really <laughs> add much to the table. So they just need another striker that will add to the table. And I think they'll be able to find one. And Tottenham is going to be a, a hotbed if they decide to spend money. It's going to be a hotbed for players that are looking for, for a new challenge and a new club and to play in a bigger environment, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. And, and speaking of how, you know, or, or speaking of the weaknesses and strengths of Spurs, from a Liverpool perspective, you know, where where is this team going to be? What, who who and where is this team going to be wary of? You know, what positions of Spurs uh, and, and which players are you kind of wary of? Who do you think can cause Liverpool problems? And where can Liverpool target Spurs? Where are their weak areas? Um, so, I think it's tough to say because Tottenham's lineup can vary on so many different levels. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I would say that the weakest areas for Tottenham are probably on the wings defensively because Kieran Trippier hasn't had a great season. Um, and let's face it, Salah, Mane, and Firmino, the three of them up top, even if you had Sturridge up there or Wijnaldum or Origi, they can outpace and out uh, you know maneuver most defensive center-back pairings and wing-back pairings uh, in the world. Center-back-wise, it'll be tough if we expect that it'll be Toby Aldevero and Jan Vertonghen in the center there, which I would expect would be the case in in regards. So I would say attack Trippier if he's starting. Attack the other side of the wings. Just have Salah and Mane run, run, run <laughs> at the left and right sides. And also, let's face it, Liverpool have a two-pronged attack on either side because you don't just have to deal with Salah and Mane you got to deal with Robertson, and you got to deal with Alexander-Arnold, two guys who had more than 10 assists this season. You don't see that happen on teams where both of your, your left and your right back get over 10 assists in a season. So attack the wings, and attacking the wings is going to help Liverpool so much, and then they can you know lay it off to the center or have Firmino make those big runs. And that's the thing also with Firmino. If he's able to create chances in that center spot for Salon Mane, so... Just have those three guys, you know, playing off of each other, overlapping amongst each other. 
Liverpool should be able to score goals for sure in this game. What about who you're wary of, though? Are there any players that you're afraid of, maybe? Players <laughs> that I'm, af- I'm afraid of Son. Yeah. I think Son is a remarkable player. I think he's a tremendous talent, and he is clutch. He scores big goals in big moments, and let's face it, he has faced some huge moments in his career, not just for Tottenham, but for the national team. Mm-hmm. He's played some big games for South Korea. He played to, to keep himself off of military service, for God's sake. <laughs> talk, talk about pressure. And he <laughs> took his South Korean team to win the Asian Games in 2018. That's probably the most pressure situation any footballer has felt maybe ever, besides maybe the guys who played the World Cup final in Moscow a summer ago. Mm-hmm. But he, he scares me. I mean, he is just so good. He will outrun players, and he can score in so many different ways. Harry Kane... He's able to score a lot of different types of goals, but he's, he scores some long rangers. He scores some at the box, but I think Son has a more has a, a more varietized category of how he can score goals. So Son really terrifies me. Him and I would say probably uh, Christian Eriksen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a lot of good players that kind of interchange around that that final third. It's they're a scary team to come up against just because. You know they have a lot of players that can damage you in in, in the box. You know even guys like Deli Alley can can show up when right when you don't expect them to. So, yeah, I I, I can definitely see Spurs causing Liverpool some problems. But uh, what about you know what about the other way around? Like, do you think there's any any weak parts of Liverpool that maybe Spurs will look to exploit? I think there can be. I think uh, in the central central part of defense, whoever is starting with Van Dijk could be a weak point just because. You know, you can try and uh, get your attackers to sort of neutralize Van Dyke and keep him away from the game, but that's very, very hard to do. Van Dyke is always in the center of the action constantly. Um, and then in the central parts of midfield, you could run into some pace issues depending on uh, if we see like the likes of maybe Fabinho starting in the game. I don't know if he would, but I would say the central parts of midfield, I would say, is the weakest area for Liverpool. And for Tottenham, that's also an area where... Uh, they, they tend not to create too much on. They, they're very much uh, uh, a final third kind of team. Liverpool can be, but they can use the full length of the pitch, and they are so good on the wings. So I think whoever wins the game, it's going to come down to maybe who who bosses the midfield the best uh, the defensively and offensively as, uh, also. I think possession is going to be a really important statistic to look at in this game. Yeah, it's it's as as we mentioned earlier, it's gonna be a really tight game, and and both sides, you know, are very minimal in uh, their weaknesses, and I think that's what's kind of gotten them to this final. You know, both of them have a lot of fire firepower up front, uh, a lot of different ways of getting goals for both sides. I mean, Liverpool found um, found goals in Origi and Vinaldum, uh, not just you know not just in in the last game against Barca, but throughout the season, you know, Origi scored some crucial crucial goals. Um, for Liverpool this year, even you know, even though he's been very much you know just a, a depth player, that's like that's all he's been. But he scored a couple goals, and uh, Vinaldum's always been kind of a, a dangerous final third player occasionally throughout his career. I think at Newcastle he was a bit more of an advanced player, and then he's been a bit more disciplined ever since moving to Liverpool. But we saw what he can do against Barcelona, and uh, there's a lot of players on both sides of the pitch that uh, are gonna cause problems. But uh, maybe that'll cancel out because I, I, I do think Liverpool have a better defense and I think that might play a, a significant role um, just in, in sort of keeping the game in check and and just, you know, just keeping the game in Liverpool's flow. I think Liverpool um, are, are, as I mentioned earlier, their favorites and I really, 
I really, really want them to win. Just because I, I like obviously I'm an Arsenal fan, so I don't want to see Spurs win the one trophy that Arsenal could never win. Yeah, but, that'd be something, huh? You yeah. guys lose the Europa League, and then uh, Tottenham wins the Champions League. Yeah, and like nobody could have imagined that, even like two or three years ago. You know, that's not something that anybody ever, ever could have predicted. Even Spurs fans, you know, there's no way our Spurs could win the Champions League before Arsenal. You know, Arsenal have a far bigger history. Um, they're just a bigger club in general, and this would be, you know, with the way Arsenal are heading, this would be a punch to the gut. You know, for me, I feel like I've kind of, I'm kind of losing my touch with Arsenal a little bit, um, just because you know now I got a local team in Valor FC here, which is something I've never had before, and a, a lot more attention's going towards that than than before. So it's like a, a little bit different now, but still, I mean, I would not want to see Spurs win, especially though I'm watching the game with like a ton of my friends, uh, none of whom are Spurs fans, but all of them love to bug me about Arsenal, so they'll definitely be. Uh, <laughs> on my back if Spurs win in front of us but uh, yeah you know I do think Liverpool will win I think they're the better team but the thing is like Liverpool have won this tournament five times in the past you know of course four of those came in the 80s I believe and then one came of course Miracle in Istanbul in 2005 but I mean Spurs haven't even been to a final of the Champions League before let alone win the trophy but you know this would be a monumental achievement for this club if they were to, to pull it off, and it's it still is a monumental achievement that they've gotten to the final, but I mean, what would this do for the club, you know, in the long run? Would this make them kind of more, you know, would this just make them a bigger club, maybe even on par with the likes of Arsenal and Chelsea? I think definitely, and, and I'm sorry to say, man, but <laughs> if Tottenham end up winning, even after this season, you might start thinking, you know, North London Derby, you would think maybe Tottenham first before Arsenal. We could enter that era in the coming years. It's very possible, though I do think that Arsenal have a little bit more of a, a smarter off-season uh, strategy than Tottenham just because Arsenal actually buys players, which <laughs> Tottenham desperately need to do to improve. <laughs> but in general, I mean, even which Chelsea for me is, is the best team in London and has been over the past, I would say, 15 years. Yeah. Uh, maybe not 15, because then we're including Invincibles, but... Just after that, say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably just after the Invincibles, I'd say Chelsea. Because, you know, they won a bunch of Premier Leagues, and every year they find a way to win at least one trophy. I mean, you look at this past season, they, they kind of uh, limped their way to third, 20-plus points behind Liverpool, and somehow they ended up winning the Europa League winning a PK shootout over Frankfurt, and then they crushed Arsenal in the final. It was, a, it was a bit of a drubbing there in that second half. Mm-hmm. Well, not much of a game at all, but I think Tottenham might be on their way to being the second team in London. And it's interesting because Chelsea and Arsenal have really ruled the London clubs, but you're seeing so many different London clubs making those moves to try and become the next Chelsea or the next Arsenal. Like Tottenham, new stadium, Champions League final starting to keep their superstars. Look at West Ham. They got a new stadium with the Olympic Stadium, finished in 10th place. It was a good finish for West Ham this season, and they're trying to build themselves up and have a bigger fan base. Even Fulham, horrible season, like (laughs) god-awful season. The fact that they got relegated is truly just embarrassing after spending over £100 million. But, you know, there were rumors that Shad Khan wanted to make Wembley Stadium, Fulham's, you know, uh, permanent home. So... There's, there's such a good competitive nature with the London football clubs. And maybe we'll see Crystal Palace and QPR really push their way up that uh, ladder as well. But mm-hmm. Tottenham competitively, I would say, are now better than Arsenal. Financially and historically, not yet. But them 
making this Champions League final is a huge step up for them. And if they won, you are going to start seeing a lot more, you know, casual fans in the States and in, in Canada where you're at, or, and even in England. Yeah, like I, I don't know many. I think I know one or two, and even then, they're not like diehard fans. They just say they support Spurs, but they don't really watch any games or anything like that. But uh, whereas you know, for the other other Premier League clubs, even not even Man City, but just for you know the the big four, the historic four, you know Liverpool, Man U, Arsenal, and Chelsea, the ones who have been around for you know the fifteen years at least, you know those are the ones where you know a lot of fans of those clubs, you know a lot of people that follow them, you see those jerseys around, you don't see Spurs jerseys around, you know, which is, you know, good for me, because I, I don't like throwing up, but, uh, <laughs> but well, yeah, you, like, you, you got a problem with their little chicken standing <laughs> on the ball? Yeah, I mean, it's a stupid logo, first of all, and, you know, they're, they're oh, Spurs. Oh, come on, so. you're not, you're not canon inside a, a weird red shape, I mean, we got, we got a cool. bird just standing around, just like, I guess what's so. going on here, you know? <laughs> At least a cannon's kind of like, dangerous weapon, you know? Hey, chickens know, like, are pretty. Chickens yeah. are pretty dangerous too. That's a tall chicken, also. And also, their new logo is better than their old logo. I, I like the the fact that it's an all an all blue now, but yeah. it's too vertical. You need you need some horizontal in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I look at I look at logos every day, so I see them constantly. And Tottenham's logo could be better, but you know, it's yeah. not that bad. Yeah. I think I think out of all of the top six, I'd say City or Chelsea have the best logo. Yeah, I mean they sort of, but they sort of followed that like uh, that basic kind of. I, you know, I actually really like Liverpool's one. Um, not not like the the actual crest one, but just the one with the bird. I think that's really. Oh cool. yeah, no, the ones on their jerseys are sick. Yeah, those are so cool. But uh, yeah, speaking of Liverpool, I mean, you know, they as I mentioned earlier in the pod, like, the first thing I mentioned was Liverpool losing last year. You know, we haven't really talked about it, but what if they lose again? I mean, oh what my will happen? god! Oh my god! I mean. That that would be tantamount to t- calling the 2018-19 Liverpool season maybe one of the best seasons in world football history, but to not actually win anything. I think that would be the best in, in history without two, because 97 would, points is ridiculous. I mean, my God, they lost one game in the league, and they still came in second. They yeah. just had too many ties there in, uh, in, the, in the winter days, but... If they made the Champions League final loss and then 97 points finish in second place, yeah, I think I think you are right. It would be the best season ever to not win a trophy, considering how competitive the Premier League is compared to all the other leagues uh, internationally. I mean, let's face it, we, there's probably a season where Real Madrid or Barcelona or Bayern Munich had a ton of points, almost won their league, and then didn't win the Champions League. But, you know, teams don't get 97 points. You know, Manchester City having... 198 points in two seasons is <laughs> unbelievable. And they beat a team that lost one game in an entire year, and it was against them. Yeah. So, oh, God. I mean, it's actually more defense. so unfortunate when you just, like, say it out loud like that. I, it's I mean, so sad. 198 points. That is <laughs> insane. Yeah. That is unbelievable. I mean,. And then Liverpool to not win the Champions League two years in a row. I think this one would hurt more just because Liverpool is the favorite. They beat a better team going into the final. Ajax was amazing. I would have loved to see Ajax make the final because their Mm. run was incredible. Yeah. But Tottenham just stole the game in the last minute. But Liverpool's the favorite this time around. And Liverpool had their chances to beat Madrid last year. But Loris Karius had a concussion. 
Yeah. That's what happened. He got a concussion, and then he gave up those silly goals to Benzema and Bale, and Bale scored one of the best bicycle kicks I've ever seen, period, yeah. in, a, in a final in Kiev. So, you know, you went into that final thinking, okay, Liverpool's probably not going to win because Real Madrid is a dynasty, and yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo is playing the best football of his career. But, oh, God, if Liverpool lost this final after losing the Premier League title, that'd be a very disappointing end to the season. And Liverpool fans... We would never hear the end of it. It's just they can't do anything to win a trophy in this modern era, basically. And But either way, I mean, this final and the Europa League is a win for England because this entire decade has been all about La Liga, La Liga, La Liga. They win mm-hmm. their leagues. They win the Euro- European competitions. And we finally got a season where it's just English teams. I mean, the Premier League is my favorite league just because I grew up watching it and, you know, I love the competition behind it. But this is the year where it's like, okay, Premier League is the number one league in Europe. Four teams in the final. It's never happened before where uh, an entire nation, I believe, has swept both the Europa and the Champions League finals. So we are going to see, you know, an all-England Super Cup, which we have never seen, period. And, uh, you know, this is four years after England didn't have a single team in the quarterfinals of either competition. And they Mm -hmm. had six of them in the round of 16. So, you know, this is a big year for England, but, but goodness me, it would be a such a such a sad ending. Liverpool didn't mm-hmm. win. Yeah, I know you said you didn't want to make a prediction, but to finish off this podcast, who is one player? Who do you think is going to be the key key player? You know, across the twenty two players that are expected to be on the pitch, who do you think is going to be the key player on Saturday? I am gonna go with Allison because hmm. a lot of people are gonna reminisce and think last time Liverpool was here, it came down to the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big finals. There, there tends to always be. You never think about the goalies. You always think about the superstars, but the goalies end up being the ones to either have the biggest moments of the game or the low light moments of the game. I mean, even in the World Cup final, the game was lost at that point for Croatia. But Loris made such a grave error to give up that second goal to Mandzukic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goalies have to hold their nerve in finals. Mm-hmm. So Allison v. Loris, that it, it's a it's a it's a weird choice on my end. You know, I could have said Allison Arnold, I could have said Salah, I could have said Kane, yeah. Son, whatever. I think it's going to come down to the goalkeeping battle because mm-hmm. I'm going to think in my mind if Allison makes a mistake, it's like oh, it's 2018 all over again. Yeah, that's true, and he's going to have that pressure. He's going to know about it as well, obviously. So he's going to have a little bit of pressure. Plus, I think, but the thing is, Lloris is a bit more error-prone of a goalkeeper. He is more error-prone, for sure. I mean, Allison is just a better goalie in general. He kept a ton of clean sheets, but at the same time, he's got a great defense in front of him, and Allison can make those mistakes when he's deciding, okay, I'm just going to dribble around for a little bit. And we've seen him make those mistakes, you know, with Brazil and with Liverpool before. But in terms of save-making, Lloris is more prone to errors. But Allison tends to have opportunities to, you know, pull Bayern Munich Neuer games where it's like, okay, I can have dinner back here. I don't have to do anything <laughs> because Virgil van Dijk and I got Andrew and I got Trent just doing their thing defensively and I can just chill. But, you know, the guy kept a ton of clean sheets this year. He's a great goalie. I think he would probably most likely not make an error just because Tottenham, their shot accuracy is so great that they'll be able to score goals just past them very easily. I think Lloris is more error-prone. I, I, would, I would agree with you there. Mm-hmm. 
All right, Ori, well, thanks for coming on the show. I hope you are happy after Saturday's final, and uh, if you are happy, then I'll be happy as well with uh, Liverpool winning the title. Yeah, I mean, overall, I hope it's I hope it's a good game. I mean, I don't dislike Tottenham. I know you do, but I don't. <laughs> so, I, you know, and, and also it's a nice change of pace. You know, we saw Madrid win three years in a row with yeah. the Spanish team. So either way, I'm, I'm hoping for a good game. If Liverpool won, amazing. If they lost, that would stink. But at the same time, at least we get a new team winning something, you know, in, in this era of sports where we've got the Warriors winning constantly, the Patriots yeah. winning constantly, mm-hmm. you know, all these, all these Manchester City winning everything. So, you know, it's nice to see something different. So I had, in that regard, I'm happy, but you'll never walk alone, go Liverpool. <laughs> All right, guys, that was Ori Benatar of the Total Sports Score. You can follow him on Twitter at obenatar512 and check out his uh, blog on Instagram at Total Sports Score. I did go on his podcast. You can check out that episode. It went up today. And, uh, yeah, we discussed uh, the Europa League final, which concluded, and uh, Chelsea beating Arsenal in the final as we... Um, as Arsenal, you know, slip up at the end of their season, of course they do. But uh, yeah, I also discussed the Cricket World Cup on there briefly, but you guys can go check that out. Um, of course, follow us on Twitter. I'll link all that stuff in the description. Thank you guys so much for listening.